This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Tom Fitzmorris with the second course of The Food Show. It's our program of eating, drinking, restaurants, cooking, wine, and all of that. Our telephone number is 260-6368. If you've never called our program before, why don't you? Give us a call. We would really love to hear from you because everybody out there goes to different restaurants and thinks that different things are good. One person's delicious dish is another person's garbage. So uh, I love getting all of these descriptions and finding out about restaurants that you have liked. And uh, we get the word out, and you'll be happy about that. I think you will, because the next time you go into that restaurant and you happen to tell the owner or maybe the, maybe the waitress even, if you don't want to get too deep with this, that you were talking about them on the radio, and they will love you for that. And I can tell you from a lifetime of being a real um, lover of restaurants, I, I'm one of the reasons, probably the main reason, I do uh, uh, all of this uh, writing and all of this radio show and all this stuff about food all these years is that uh, it is uh, something I find immensely interesting and, and, and pleasant, and I want to share it with everybody else. So, uh, but... Uh, what makes it work really well is when people start shady, uh, uh, sharing their eyes, de- uh, their ideas with me. I'm starting to sound like Porky Pig here sometimes. Our number is 260-6368, 260-6368. And if you call right now, you'll get right in, as is usually the case. It's a Monday, and uh, there's some interesting things going on around town. Tomorrow, we will be at the Roosevelt Hotel starting at... I'll probably get there about 2 o'clock. And then we're going to do our show from 3 until uh, 5, just like we usually do. And if you would like to drop in, even have lunch there. You know, they're open for lunch at the the Fountain Lounge. It's right in the middle of the lobby of the Roosevelt Hotel, uh, which is a beautiful place to be at any time. And uh, I'd love to talk with you. If you want to go on the air, I'll even put you on the air. Why not? We've done it before many times. So um, that's tomorrow. We'll be there, you know, until uh, 5 in the afternoon. And then, uh, depending on how things go, I think we may well have uh, dinner there tomorrow, early, though, because we want to go to this Glenn Miller Orchestra event that is going on at the uh, uh, um, at the Orpheum Theater, which is right across the street from the main entrance of the Roosevelt Hotel, which is celebrating its 125th anniversary. We will be uh, talking with the chef tomorrow at uh, some great length because they are instituting one of the most unlikely promotions that I've ever heard of before, but uh, some of the most unlikely promotions oftentimes to prove to be really great. So I'm not going to dump water on it or anything else. But uh, here is, here's the story. Uh, they're calling it Burgers and Bubbles. And if you're thinking, 
what? And I and then you think, uh oh, hamburgers and champagne. Well, that is in fact what it is. It's hamburgers and champagne brought together for the first time ever. Maybe, probably not, but uh, there it is. And uh, they say that they've uh, tried it out, and everybody seems to love them. And it's especially getting in the young adult uh, people who maybe haven't started going to major restaurants, and you know they they're still going with their burgers. Heck, a lot of completely grown-up people are still uh, still very closely associated with their burgers. Now, if you want to take that a step further, oh, that's definitely do. If you do, then mm-hmm. it would be would be champagne. Yeah, burgers, champagne, burgers. While you're in a bubble bath, in a, in a bubble bath, that, that would, would be pretty that good. Would be, that would be well, except the be, bun would get wet. You know that? Well, that, you don't have to dunk it into the water. Come on. Well, sometimes they slip. You know, and you 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 you. You th- it's like, how many times have you had to bend over to pick up? Oh gosh, let's not finish that. I was about to say, pick up a bar of soap that fell in the shower. Well, not not recently. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. No, I don't no, use, don't just, use oh, bars. Oh. I don't uh, use bar soap uh, anymore. Just no? for that particular. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> you might be onto something there. <laughs> it's, uh, no, 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 yeah. no. no. Uh-huh. It's too dangerous. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> although it could be worse, <clears throat> I remember. We went through a fairly long period of time when in magazines like Esquire, but also some of the fashion magazines, would talk about soap on a rope. Do you remember that? Of course. <clears throat> Wh- whose idea was that to put soap on a rope? It was, it was I would imagine, somebody who, uh, who has a job of being a hangman. Oh, could be. Oh, I'm stay far away from this, uh, but... Um, there was some comedian who actually had that in his uh, in his his presentation. Well, you know, soap that, on a rope. Who there, was there? That? There have been other things <clears throat> on a rope. Um, I have seen things like a turkey drumstick on a rope. Yeah, how did you, you hang do, around? How did you eat that? Thing? I assume no, you eat it. No. What what it was is is there a little uh, a sleeve that goes over the drumstick itself, so mm-hmm. it doesn't mess up your clothes. But yeah. it's on a rope, so you can walk around and do whatever you do. And then every once in a while, take a hunk out of that uh, <laughs> that turkey leg. <laughs> turkey on a rope. Hey, you know, I love it. What do you do if somebody sneezes right in front of you? You know that? Uh-huh. You uh-huh. say, excuse me? Hmm. I wouldn't. I would be telling him something a little more forceful than that. Well, you're not from the upper Midwest. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's true. You know, that would explain everything. Somebody's calling us. Did you see that? This is the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris, 260-6368. We uh, love talking about food, about restaurants, about cooking, wine, cocktails, the entire range of it. You know, there's, there was a book that came out, and I—oh, wait, here it is. I have it right here. We'll get to that in a minute. David is calling us over here on the yellow phone. David, welcome. The yellow today. Hi, Tom. Yeah, well, you know, I have no control um, over which one rings. I, I wish I well, did. Well, the randomness is part of the uh, excitement. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you're right. An anecdote about champagne, and I don't know about the burger uh, part, but mm-hmm. um, the most I have ever enjoyed champagne in my life was uh, I was working in Europe playing music in the region. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the region where, where champagne is. Uh, well, the uh, I, love, I love talking about it because the... 
the the, the main uh, headquarters of the Champagne region is a, a, Rheim, a, a city called R E I M S, which is uh, pronounced by French people as <laughs> Yeah, the clear your throat city. <laughs> that's what it looks like. Actually, it doesn't look like that at all. But that's how they it's say awful. it. <laughs> well, I was in that city, and uh, we had played a concert, and then afterwards we're just kicking around with the owner, mm-hmm. and she starts busting out laughing bottles of champ bottles oh. of champagne, the yeah. real deal, yeah, and uh, baked frozen French fries, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what that is the, the most I have ever jo- enjoyed a uh, glass of champagne in my entire oh, life. Oh, I. You know, the informality with which she approached the drink, and as it was part of a celebration in the end of the evening, and it was just, it all made sense, and it was such a hmm. a beautiful way to interact with that magical well, beverage. Yeah, well, I, that, that's, uh, that's a good story, and they, uh, you know, the, the French, they, they get a lot, they get beaten up a lot for being stuck up and... And all of that, but my my uh, frankly, my experience with French people in France is that they they really are uh, happy to help you, and and they can be almost ridiculously hospitable. Although I couldn't agree more, yeah. really. And uh, they have a lot to be proud of, and a lot to a lot of culture to protect, mm-hmm. as we do as New Orleanians, you know. And they uh, they get snobby about it, and and uh, and I think rightfully so. But when you dig into it and you're with you know friends of friends or you're working there it's like they're they're as hospitable as as anybody you yeah. ever want to meet yeah yeah they uh if you show a real interest in let's say their wine if, if it's a winery mm-hmm. they'll take you down into the caves and they'll start opening up old bottles of really top class everything and it's just like nothing okay well how, how much this is, is this what it was happening the night of the champagne and, and frozen french fries she was you know she'd had a few and she was just putting on a show for us rubes mm. and it just really made an impression it, oh yeah it was a yeah. beautiful thing yeah it's uh, certainly something i enjoy yeah huh. well that's all that's well, my that's... i don't know about the burger part but uh yeah me neither you're, you're this whatever this bubble burger well they the, made me think of that story the uh the the burger part of it's the hard part because Mm-hmm. Hamburgers contain two really difficult uh, hurdles that you have to jump over. One of them is to make that ground patty uh, just the right texture and just the right thickness for, so it cooks with when it comes out crusty on the outside, juicy in the middle. That's kind of what I always say is my, my game. But it's hard to, um, hard to get that unless you pay really close attention. And, Have you and, had them at this uh, at the Roosevelt or the Fountain Lounge? Uh, a burger? No, but my wife has, and yeah. she says it's good. So uh, she's a hamburger nut. A and hamburger nut. She's a hamburger nut. She just uh, and my daughter too. They they both are. Uh, you know, they go to these places and they get these mammoth hamburgers that are way too thick for me. I can't get my jaws around something that big. That's and, ridiculous. I'm not into yeah. the the. Me neither. Now thing. you you can do it, but you have to spread it out a little bit, make it thinner. Uh, but it, then you could keep it the same size. But also, I think the worst thing about burgers, almost no matter where you get them, is the bun is nine times out of out of ten worthless and and a negative. 
but what do I know? Well, it's when they try to fancy it up is what when it starts to go wrong for yeah. me. Yeah. When it, they try to use too, too, draw too much attention to the Yeah, I, I hate it. You know, like, uh, for example, Hamburger Alaska. You know, that just ain't that. right. Yeah. What is Hamburger Alaska? Well, have you ever had baked Alaska <laughs> at Antoine's? Are this you the famous you place? You got to be kidding me. There's a Hamburger Alaska somewhere? No, but I, uh, my, <laughs> my just saying it probably will make it happen in the next year. Oh, Let's watch it. I'll, I'll, no. I'll, I'll make a note to myself to check and see if anybody in the world is doing um, hamburger Alaska. <laughs> you need to get a Google alert on your uh, yeah, could be. on your website yeah. <clears throat> for when it's when it begins trending. Yeah. yeah, you keep watching for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tom. All right, thank you. See ya. I never understood any of that stuff anyway. Two six zero. Six three six eight two six zero six three six eight. Call right now. We'd love to hear from you. Tell me about the, whatever it is you have been eating. What is the way you do hamburgers? I think, tell you the truth, I think that the best place to eat hamburgers is at home, because you can control it and make it exactly the way you want it. But solving the bun problem, the bun crisis, we could even say, that's a tough one, because hamburger buns. 99.99% of them are these wimpy, collapsible, I mean, you touch them and they sink and they don't come back, crustless, tasteless, just awful. And it seems to me that, you know, you, you get these get going with some of these places that uh, claim to have hamburgers that are, uh, you know, their specialty is hamburgers and they're... Hamburgers are really good, and then they have this horrible, horrible, worthless uh, bun that they serve it on, and it just kind of undoes the entire deal. Oh, well. 260-6368. Why did I, I was going to pick up and say a few words about a new book. I think it's new. Let me see. Sometimes things linger on my desk for so long I lose track of how it is. The, uh, let's see, it was published in, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it doesn't say. Oh, no, here it goes, uh, 2016. So this is a fairly new book, and it's entitled The Manhattan, The Story of the First Modern Cocktail. That means that they're going up against the Sazerac, buddy, and I don't take lightly to that. Although, on the other hand, I really like Manhattans. I think Manhattans are a well-made Manhattan cocktail is, is just really good because it, it puts across the flavor of uh, a, a whiskey, well, a, a, a spirit whose flavor is primarily from uh, smoking and aging and as they do, and they don't do, you know, there are a lot of uh, such things out there. Like there, there is a, oh, uh, like Southern Comfort. A lot of people love Southern Comfort. There's a lot of things you can do with Southern Comfort. But if what you're trying to get is that flavor of rye whiskey or even of bourbon, you don't find it in that. At least I don't find it in there. All right, well, uh, we'll talk about something else when we get back. I'll do anything to get you to call me up, even if you don't have anything to say. Call me anyway, and I'll show you that you do have things to say. I'd be even happier if you were to call our program and tell us something 
Uh, here is Steve over here on the green phone. Hello, Steve. Welcome. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Well, you know, it's just uh, it's a just nice, lovely along. day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I solved my hamburger bun problem by just using French bread. That's a great idea. Uh, it's that does take care of it. It's a spectacular thing for cheese for burgers because it holds up. Yeah. Uh, good taste. Especially um, if you toast it a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then speaking of bourbon, a couple friends of mine and I did something the other day that we were almost embarrassed when after it happened. But <laughs> well, let's hear it. <laughs> we did we did a little taste test between yeah. Old Crow. <clears throat> Uh, Jim Bean mm-hmm. and Old Granddad. Yeah. And between the three of us, the th- neither one of us could tell the difference. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Now, uh, the, you know, one of those is a pretty cheap bourbon, being Old Crow, and the Jim Bean and the Old Granddad are medium-priced yeah. bottles of bourbon. Mm-hmm. And we literally drinking them straight, just, you know, sipping them out of a shot glass. Yeah. We could not tell the difference. How you like that, and huh? I'm a little embarrassed because I'm well, a bourbon drinker. I like bourbon. But, you know, I'm going to say, you know, and I'm not saying a lot of people can't tell the difference because I know there are people with better taste, you know, parameters than me. But uh, I told my wife, I said, Next time you, next time I run out of bourbon, buy me Old Crow. This is a this is a wonderfully fun kind of thing to do if you're with friends and uh, you're just having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we were all three kind of shocked and, like I said, and a little embarrassed because we all three claimed to be bourbon drinkers. Well, well, here and here's something that's even worse. But but th- if this doesn't bar- embarrass you, then you truly uh, cannot be embarrassed. Okay. I had a friend of mine. I haven't talked to him in ages. Anyway, he used to do these wine tastings, and he had a great collection of wines. So if you, if he was a friend and he invited you to uh, to his house for a wine tasting, you knew you were going to get good stuff. Right. But what he would do was he would serve his gl- the wines in black glasses. Okay. And he would pass them around. And truly, he was the only one who knew which what which wine was which. Right. <clears throat> and he used to put, you know, he'd have these fabulous, great, you know, old Bordeaux's and, and Burgundy's and, and all of that in there. And one uh, really crappy, nothing yeah. kind of blend from who knows where. <laughs> right, right. Two ninety nine a bottle kind of wine. And he'd put it out there, and since it was black, you couldn't even tell whether it was a white wine or a red wine. Okay. And you, I was involved with this a couple of times until I got, you know, the, the obvious, came to the con- obvious conclusion that I don't want to play this game anymore. Because <laughs> you, you really look stupid. You know, when you say, you know, this is the best damn Chardonnay I've had in a while, and then it turns out to be a dark black Cabernet. Yeah, well, uh, it's funny. My wife drinks red wine, and she'll drink. She drinks like you know a four, six ounce glass every night. Yeah. And I hate red wine. You do? But yeah. Why? But I'll open her. I just I don't like the the bitter. Hmm. Yeah. I don't well, like that's the tannins. Yeah. That's you know? that's it. Uh, but 
I'll open it for her, and most of the time I'll take a taste and go, yeah, this doesn't suck too bad. You know, or, yeah, this one's terrible. A lot of times she'll say, uh, let me see if my wine's gone bad. And I said, how, do you, how can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. How can you tell? But that's, you know, uh, I think more people than realize do not, cannot tell a great wine or a great bourbon or something like that. It's a whole lot of that snobbery and ego. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if, you just proved it. You if, know, I if you take it, to myself. it if you take it away f- to where nobody is knows what it is. Yeah. Uh, you find that there are at low, low price levels some very good wines. You also find that at very high prices there are a lot of real crappy wines out there. Yeah. But uh, yeah. you can't and let your was, brain come in and, and influence all of this. Uh, yeah. You, you have to keep it blind, and then. Then you say, "Oh yeah, well now, now I see. No wonder I want to pay a hundred dollars a bottle for it." Yeah, right. Because every time you pay a hundred dollars, you're going to get a great wine. Yeah, uh, in your mind, every, in every your time brain. You pay a three dollars, you're going to get a piece of crap. No, yeah. afraid not. No, so, no, no. Anyway, so I'm going to be buying my twelve dollar bottle of Old Crow for a while. <laughs> well, good luck. See you later. See ya. Bye. It's the food show. That's really true. If you're going to do a, a wine tasting where truly everything is, is completely uh, hidden as to what it is, <clears throat> even if you have, you know, like eight wines and nobody knows which is which, you're going to make yourself look really dumb if you try to take a guess at it. I fooled somebody once who was very, very smart and really knew her wines and I just did one little thing that she didn't, she wasn't expecting, and that was, she was trying to get me to uh, do this blindfolded deal. But uh, I was looking at the cork as it was being extracted out of the top of the bottle, and what the uh, cork says is the name of the wine. Most of the time, not all wines do, but any wine that has uh, some significance in its history. Uh, the, the cork itself, printed on the side of the cork, is the name of the winery. And sometimes it's the name of whatever it is, whatever kind of wine it is as well, too. So I was just looking at that cork, and then later I just let it sit there and, and fester for a while. That's it. By the way, I can have another glass of that uh, Chateau Palmer over there. Oh, Chateau. How'd you know that was Chateau Palmer? I filled her, uh, fooled her. Ha, <laughs> You know, speaking of all this drinking, I think it's time for us to um, have our cocktail of the day. We are not actually drinking a cocktail, but it's uh, information called from the Mr. Boston Official Bartender's Guide. This is that red book that every... Mixmaster, no, they're not mix. Excuse me, that's poor choice of words. Mix mixologist, that's what it is. Anyway, um, let us choose. One. Oh, uh, this is a classic. It's very simple. You can make this at home if you like this. Uh, you'll love this recipe because it's very simple. And one ounce of lime juice. I strongly recommend that you use fresh squeezed lime juice, but I also recommend. That if you're going to squeeze that yourself, as opposed to having a little juicer, I would put on a food, 
a food uh, working glove. You know those those little plastic gloves that they take them just to keep everything sanitary, uh, because the juice from the skin of a lime can get under your the uh, your fingernails, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not going to hurt you, but it will cause you some discomfort and maybe even a little bit of pain. And if you talk to Bartenders, they'll tell you all about that. That they, if you know, when they're trying to squeeze like a, a wedge of lime juice, if that gets under your under your uh, your fingernail, you will think that somebody hit you on the head of the head of the hammer anyway with a hammer. All right, so we got that figured out. So we have an ounce of lime juice, one teaspoon of superfine sugar, which is this almost dust, and it's used to get a very quick dis- dissolution, dissolving of the, uh, of the sugar part of this. It's one teaspoon of uh, sugar. You could also use simple syrup, which is uh, sugar that has been, really, you can just throw it in a pan and just look at it, and what's going to happen is that it looks like it's melting. It's not really melting. It's dissolving in its own water. Sugar, believe it or not, even dry, 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 uh, just granulated sugar, it has quite a lot of water in it. And all you have to do is put it in a little pan, and you'll see the water come out. And then you can watch the water dissolve itself in its own water. And that's what makes simple syrup. So, okay, we've got the one ounce of, of uh, lime juice. Then we have our one teaspoon of superfine sugar or simple syrup. And one and a half ounce, a full shot of gin. Shake with rice and strain into chilled cocktail glass. And then you have a cocktail that I bet you you've heard of before, but I wonder if you've ever had one. A gimlet or a gimlet, but I hear a gimlet is really how you would say it. I think. Anybody got any disagreement about that? Anyway, that's our cocktail of the day. If there's a cocktail you'd like to know how to make, call me because I have one of these little red books myself. As a matter of fact, I have quite a few of them. And if you like making uh, your own cocktails, uh, I'd get me one of these books. They're not expensive. This one was only like uh, $6.50, I think. Hardcover book, a lot of information. We'll be back with more of The Food Show after First Please This. Hello, welcome back. It's The Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. It's fun to be here with you. Well, it is for me, anyway. 260, talking about food, about uh, cooking and restaurants. It's The Food Show, the unique in America. I don't know, and I've been looking for years, uh, another place in America that has a program that's anything even remotely like this, and I've come up with nothing. If you ever do, please let me know. So I'll be telling the truth when I say it's a one-of-a-kind, one and only and only in New Orleans, could you uh, have a program like this that would be as long uh, on the air as long as ours had, 30 years, and same, same host, same concept, same everything, and we just keep on going because we know our food, we love our food, and there it is. Food is our middle name around here, 260-6368. We've had a terrible show today. We've just... We, we've had some nice people, a few nice people, but not enough of them. We could sure use you. Not, well, that, that sounds awful, doesn't it? Let me, let me try that again. We would be very happy to uh, 
give you some welcoming uh, thoughts and uh, ask you to drop in and tell me what you've been enjoying lately. Or you could say that uh, we would be happy to have you be a part of our terrible show. Have <laughs> yeah, Well, that could be. Uh, but then uh, at least we'd have somebody to blame it on, right? <laughs> I wouldn't dare. 260-6368. What else do we have to talk about around here? Did we go th- through everything we had in the food almanac? That's always a good source of stuff. Let's see. What else? Oh, our uh, edible dictionary item of the day is uh, the runner bean. Uh, what is that? A runner bean. I can't tell you I've ever heard of that before. It's a family of edible beans originating in Central America. So these are the ones that kind of look like red beans as opposed to uh, chickpeas and uh, lentils, which come from the old world, specifically the Middle East. But uh, things like red beans and and crowder peas and black-eyed peas and all of those, those are very much uh, New World uh, plants, and they were unheard of, unknown in Europe uh, at the time that uh, Christopher Columbus came across. So anyway, uh, they are better known for their uh, brilliant red uh, flowers that grow on the the vines that that make these things. Uh, They're better known for that than for the beans that they produce. Some people grow them ornamentally, just all they're after is the flowers. And uh, they they range really in different different uh, shades of this and that. Uh, the beans themselves are uh, somewhere between white and black. I mean, there's just anything in between there. There's a purple runner bean with a lavender color. That's kind of strange. It uh, changes to a tan when you cook it. It would be nice if you could have something that had that those colors. And then put it on a plate, but it never makes it. As soon as you cook it, it turns brown. So what's the, you know. And uh, let's see, what else? Uh, As far as I know, there is no blue runner uh, other than the trademark for canned red beans. uh, Runners are unusual in that they grow a thick, starchy, edible root. And they can live for a long, long time. Most beans are are annuals, and you have to replant them all the time. So anyway, that's our food item of the day, in case you've never heard of runner beans. Now you have. Let's see. Blade is over here on the green phone. Blade, you there? I'm here. Well, come on in. Hey, have man, a I'm seat. on the causeway. <clears throat> oh, good for you. You're not uh, reading and talking to us and and driving at the same time, I hope, are you? <laughs> Whatever. I'm, right. You know what it is. Yeah. Hey, I got a few things on my mind. Ask me. First, first of all, I have broken through the barrier and found 105.3 HD on my radio. Hey, congratulations! Another one. It's so win. simple. Yeah. It's so simple, but it takes so many words that it yeah. overcomplicates the thing. I can. I'm sure that's true. It is. It is. I have this. Um, I have this little camera that I bought a few years ago. And uh, when I can get it to take a picture, it makes really great <laughs> pictures. But the uh, instruction manual is so lengthy and incomprehensible. It goes on for about 250 pages. <laughs> it's, and yeah. ah, no wonder no people give up. That's right. <clears throat> um, I have a report, yeah. uh, if I might. Go right uh, ahead. 
the crew of Tux heads the Tux Charitable Foundation, and we had our yeah. annual umbrella walk and first annual gumbo grow at Audubon Park Saturday. No kidding. And it was a, a heck of a lot of fun, and we had some really good competition. Tell and, me about uh, we it. Uh, were you a competitor, or were you a judge, or what, would, what was your job? Uh, my job is uh, maintenance, organization, and trying to keep everybody happy. Oh, okay. So you're kind of running the thing. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I got a, It's a committee of us, and we're busy doing that. But yeah. we had uh, some really un- unique ones, and the most unique was a group that had a smoked duck gumbo, and yeah. instead of serving it over rice, they served it over sweet potatoes. What a great idea. That sounds wonderful to me. That sounds just delicious. I'd try that in it was a heartbeat. Very, it was very novel because, you know, the gum, the gumbo had a little bit of flavor, I guess, the duck or whatever, and the sweet potatoes just kind of offset it. Hmm. So it was very unique. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, another report I have is uh, yesterday my wife and I drove to Homa, and yeah. on the way there I told her I'd taken you to the, one of the the best restaurants down the bayou. We stopped at Spars. Oh, isn't that good? They, they have great catfish, among many other things. Tom, that place is just honest, good food. It is. It's not full of fancy sauces and all this yakka yakka. You get fried shrimp, you get buttered yeah. toast, and you get potato salad. There you it, go. It, it, doesn't get, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. But and, here's, here's... Go ahead. Uh, and and, uh, and you can... Well, you used to be able to fill your gas tank, but not anymore. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah. Now, for dessert, here's the clincher. Yeah. They serve, you get an order of five king cake beignets. <laughs> There's an idea. Is the powdered sugar in three different colors? Well, actually, there's like the beignets are hot. Yeah. So every, the, the, the sugar on top melts a white coating, uh-huh. and then there's the multicolors. Uh-huh. It's not only a thing of beauty, it's total ecstasy. Really? My wife was my wife was giddy after eating them. <laughs> wow, that's. Uh, I, gotta you. I guess I'm gonna have to try some of those. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody else serves that, but it was a. It's it is so awesome. It's very good. All right, and, and this is um, is this the one that's on Highway 90? Yeah. The Spars S P A H R. They've been around for a long, long time. It used to be a gas station, and they Correct. still. And they, I, they used to have the old gas pumps out in front just for atmosphere, but I, I think last time I was that way, I think they, they were gone, if I remember right, but I don't know I, if I, I did. I stopped, there for, I stopped there for lunch occasionally, and mm-hmm. I think they are gone. But, you know, I think it was a gas station, and everybody stopped there for Bloody Marys. Things could be worse. They might be driving <laughs> and and having them, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for bringing so, that up. That's a restaurant that okay. has always been good. It's always been good, but it doesn't get talked about too much unless you are down there in Homa or on your way to Raceland or you know, right around there. Yeah. Then, then you're right in front of it. It's not real fancy, but it's nope. just doggone good. Yeah. yeah, I agree totally. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, okay. thanks. Thanks That's for it. joining us. Okay. See ya. You bet. Bye. It's Bye-bye. the Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmorris and... Over here. Oh, Kevin. Kevin is here. Welcome to the food show. Hi, Tom. Hi. Yeah, I'd never eaten at a Spars before either. No. And I was in downtown Homa. Yeah, that, they, they have two locations now. In downtown now. Homa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
so they had a I, I wasn't super hungry but I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to eat at spars so I got makes the perfect sense to soup me of the, soup of the day and a popcorn shrimp poor boy and it was just perfect hit the spot just hmm. nicely oh. it was nicely the service was excellent the place is very charming yeah huh. very very charming but I have another restaurant report um, I went to Swegg's Kitchen I've never heard of that where is that they're a local chain. They got a small little. Uh, they got like two, maybe three little stores. Swags oh, is Swags? This is uh, that uh, take it home and cook it at home kind of outfit. I mean, isn't it? They have that too. They've got a little counter for people that run, but they've got a real restaurant there. Yeah, you know where you can get your health food alternatives. Uh, you mm. know, uh, uh, shrimp and grits, but they're cauliflower grits and stuff. So where is where is this exactly? Monday. At Iberville, no, Bienville and North Carrollton is the one I go to oh, in my uh-huh. neighborhood. Okay. And they had red beans and rice measured out in 400 calories. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was pretty good. Uh, you know, it was not like the heaping pile of red beans that people are used to, but, you know, people yeah. were trying to be more health conscious, and yeah. it was sad. Well, red, red beans are pretty good for you, uh, unless you just really load it up with hot sausage grease. You know, that that tastes yeah. real good, but it's kind of hard on your yeah, appetite. It's not necessarily good for you, yeah. yeah, on your heart and your cholesterol, whatever. But, yeah, so, and, uh Went to Haydell's the other day and got a lemon-filled king cake. It was absolutely my favorite kind they yeah, have. Yeah, uh, lemon-filled so. king cake. Yes. Lemon. Yes. How, what, what did this yeah. look like? Was it uh, like a pudding a texture? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very much so, like pudding mm. texture. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's interesting. Little, I, I've uh, never had that over there before. I've had all their king real, cakes. It's not a real tart lemon. It's yeah. a sweetie lemon, like you mm. said, a custardy type of flavor. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite king cake they have. Huh. Well, and that's about it for the well, past three or four days, a week or so. Well, it sounds like you're uh, getting enough variety. Uh, we I'm all, trying. I'm trying. We all need a little more variety, I think. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for the report. I really appreciate your calling us. This is the food show. Oh, gosh, we only have about five minutes left. How'd that happen? That's the way it goes around here. I, I, I uh, complain enough until uh, all of a sudden the clock starts cooperating with me, and uh, they go away. Now, you were talking about a was? Uh, hamburger Alaska. Hamburger Alaska. There yeah. is no such thing as a hamburger Alaska. No, I, I can't imagine that there is, but, but now I'm thinking uh, about whoa. it. Wait a minute. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, one of your stops on your uh, this June on the, on the, on your uh, Alaska trip. Yeah. On on that trip will be Juno. Juno, yeah. Uh-huh. There mm-hmm. is a Red Dog Saloon in Juno, which is a, yeah. uh, a destination for for most travelers to Juno, and yeah. they have a great hamburger there. Oh. As a matter of fact, or you can get a buffalo burger. Is it actual buffalo? Buffalo, yes. Uh-huh. Buffalo American is American uh, bison. It's pretty good. Uh, it's very low in fat because those guys work pretty hard to just walk around. Or if you are particularly wimpy, you can get a, a chicken burger. Oh, well, that would be me uh, b- uh, both ways. Wimpy, you know, and, and all the rest of it. Well, okay, that's good. There uh, you go. Now you've got something yeah, to look forward to. You know, to we, uh, when we went to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we've, done, we've done two cruises 
to Alaska over the years. It's been a long time since the last one, though. And we bicycled from downtown Juneau, which is a fairly sparse town. There's not a lot there. Uh, But they had this bicycle renting facility, and so we, we... each of us, the four of us, my daughter and my son were with us still at that time, and my wife too. And uh, all the leads that I had said that it was perfectly all right to go from downtown Juneau all the way to the glacier, which are about the same distance from one another as, say, downtown French Quarter. You know, uh, uh, Mr. B's. It's, okay, let's pick Antoine's. Antoine's and City Park would be about the distance between the crown, the the hall, the city hall in Juneau, and the the uh, the uh, uh, glacier, and we we pedaled our way up there, and the, they were yelling and complaining about how hard it was. But the hard part, as it turned out, was you have to go up upstream to get back. So it's uphill both ways, then, right? Yeah. Well, that's what it seemed like. But uh, no, you had it was it was uh, easy going to get there, but it was much harder to get back. Yeah, yeah. My show seems to have run out of gas. That's just as well. We have uh, another one tomorrow, and tomorrow's will actually originate from the Roosevelt Hotel. So if you want to come over and watch the show underway, we'll even put a microphone in front of you and see what we can get out of you that way. Have a good evening. I know I plan to. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.